Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Ray Jeezy, Will T, and myself, Ole, and we are part of Empire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> I'm, I'm in the building. Will T getting himself together. I'm in the building. Both of us in the building. Everybody man. in the building. We got a full roster. On this podcast. On this podcast. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say too much. You. Why not? It's going to be a shorter show. I know. No pun intended, Will. It's going to be It's Ooh. going to be. It's going to be dope. It is, it is a shorter show. I yeah. see what you did there. Did you do that on purpose? Didn't. I guess that's what's up, man. Will T still looking. You found the outline yet? No. I can't right. connect to my email. <laughs> I guess let me get I got you, my friend. Should I get into the particulars then? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Hey, Empire Media. <laughs> Sorry. Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kine Report. Hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to Who? Our, Mike Jones. Hey, Will. I want to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I want to ask. Did, did you bet on Game Seven? Uh, yeah. You bet on the Heat. Yeah. Dang. You beast. <laughs> I, I knew he did. Beast mode. Are you killing? Yes. I thought so. That, you you seem like you've been doing. You bet on Devin Haney too. Nah, I don't oh, okay. Hey, subscribe to our podcast. Jew probably been on the Celtics. Jew? <laughs> <laughs> he probably did. Subscribe to, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. And also, subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene on YouTube as well. That's right. Will's not doing this one. Hey, this show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options in the in local news and in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as, as well as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. Will was back in the building. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, Will, let's get into our... What the... What am I doing? Hey, Will. <laughs> let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. Hey, Will, we'll debate if... It will be a good idea for the Washington Wizards to trade Bradley Beal for Celtics guard Jalen Brown. Then at 820, we'll preview the NBA Finals between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. Finally, in our segment, HBCU Corner, we'll have, our, we'll have a pre-taped interview with SIAC Commissioner Dr. Anthony Holloman. What does SIAC stand for, just for the listeners? <laughs> Southern Intercollegiate Athletic, Athletic. Conference, yes. There you go. All right. You trying to catch me, dude? No, nah, I wasn't trying. Man, what are we doing here, man? It's like the I wasn't trying to catch you. I just catch for the people who don't know. That's what's up, man. That's messed up. <laughs> You're right. No good point. Anyway, uh, Monday night, the Boston Celtics lost Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals to the Miami Heat after falling behind 3-0 in the series. Jalen Brown didn't have the best Game Seven, um, so a lot of people are talking about Jalen Brown turnovers. Uh, yeah, no, right. And a lot of people have been negative about Jalen Brown. You know, Jalen Brown is. Like his next year, his 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 last year on his contract with the Celtics, with Washington Wizards. Um, looking always looking to improve. 
always looking to kind of get a younger talent. Not only that, he can sign the Supermax. Exactly. So he will be – he potentially can be the highest paid player in the NBA, I think, at like $50 million a year. So this is the question, you know, Washington, the Washington Wizards also have a guy who's making a lot of money in Bradley Bill. And, you know, some fans are the biggest fans of Bradley Bill. So would you consider trading Jalen Brown for Bradley Bill? Ray, I'll start with you. What's interesting is you remember the Wizards-Celtics rivalry, the all-black game. Mm-hmm. You and I covered that game. We were there. You saw Jalen Brown in the locker room. You said, I believe he's a future star. I did, yes. And lo and behold. Still, you still believe that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, he became a star. He did. And what's interesting about him is he's similar to Braun in the sense that scouts say if LeBron is settling for jump shots, that's a win for us because we don't want him going to the rack. Sure. He's impossible to stop. Jalen Brown is the same way. When he settles for those long threes and he That's doesn't attack the basket, he makes the game much easier for the opposing uh, team because he's that talented. I believe in him as well. Here's the issue with the trade for Bradley Bill. It would still leave the Wizards in a tough financial position if you're paying all this money for this guy. Mm-hmm. There's only a few guys in the league that command that amount of money, mm-hmm. and I don't think Jalen Brown or Bradley Bill is one of them. I just feel like Steph Curry, uh, Jokic, those guys who are – Franchise cornerstones, those are the guys you play like that. I thought John Morant was com- becoming that dude before he got the Gilbert Arena syndrome. So I'm thinking that Jalen Brown, if he was cheaper, I would definitely make the trade because he has the it factor and he has a dog in him. Yeah. Up until game seven, even last year, people were saying he has more of a dog in him than Tatum. He, he outplayed Tatum to me in last year's, in last year's final. And he's tough. <laughs> He, played, he, he plays through injuries, doesn't talk about it. Uh-huh. Athletic is all get out, uh-huh. defends, and he's fearless. Um, on the road, doesn't phase him. Uh-huh. Consistent. You can knock him for a bad game seven, but at the same time, it's an entire team that needed to step up, and it's a coach that was young. It was so many factors that came into play for that game, not just the fact that Jalen Brown didn't play his best basketball against a complete team. So would I make the trade, though? No, only because, again, it's too expensive. But otherwise, I would be in favor of it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with bragging and trade and just starting over. Well, along the same lines as Ray, um, I, much like Ray, I don't believe that there are – there are probably a handful of guys that deserve – that I, I'm not going to say deserve because I'm not – I can't say if a player deserves it or not. But if I'm in the GM chair, I'm not paying that amount of money to – I'm only paying that amount of money to certain players, right? Um, they're probably like four, five at most. Um, one, two, uh, for as great as Jalen Brown is, um, he's developed into an all-star, um, a very strong perimeter defender. Yeah. Um, if you're playing, if you're going to pay a guy that amount of money, I believe that guy should be a true difference maker um, with the ball in his hand. And we've seen over the years Jalen Brown has struggled to be a playmaker, to make the other players around him better. Um, because if you're paying a guy that amount of money, you want them to make the, his team better. And I just, at this point, I think Jalen Brown's a dynamic athlete, a dynamic ball player. But to uh, center the hopes of this failing franchise, um, be it the Washington Wizards, on him at this point, no, I, I don't agree with it. I'll go, I'll go the different route. I agree with everything, everything everybody's saying. Um, and cause I do agree that it's certain <clears> – and we're looking at the premise of who's really a top a super max type of player. There's only like a handful of individuals, right? That's like, so the guys you mentioned, I totally agree. But if I'm going to look at the premise of how GMs are working 
in today's basket in, in basketball today. In terms of a swap between the two, I wouldn't have an issue with the Wizards trading Jalen Brown for Bradley Bill. And the only reason for what I, what I'm, why I'm saying that is Jalen Brown's only 26 years old, and he's shown us already within the last four years to get better every year. You know what I'm saying? This year, last year, he was averaging 23 points per game. This year, he's averaging 26. And you mentioned you're averaging 26 points per game, and you strap. How many players do we get in the NBA that can do both? Like, real talk, they can average 26 and strap. There aren't that many. You know what I mean? Like, so he's act, arguably one of the better, in today's basketball, one of the better two-way players in basketball. You can make the argument he's probably the best two-way player in basketball. See, that, that if you try to make that argument, that's where I disagree because simply for this fact, um, when we think of elite two-way players, yeah. we think of guys who offensively can create shots for themselves and others. Yeah, Jalen Brown has struggled in some instances to create off of the dribble for himself and others unless it's a pick-and-roll situation. That's today's basketball. A lot of these individuals do do that. I'm saying, like, in today's basketball, look like, other, like the best two-way basketball player Kawhi. that we've seen is Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah. It's Kawhi. Kawhi. Are easily. That's easy. That's easy money. But other than that, and PG when healthy, right? When healthy, PG is that dude as a two-way player. Who else? Clay's a good one when he's when he's healthy. But he's not creating the shot, though. He's not creating the shot, though. You're right, though. I think Clay is a bet, one of uh, the best two-way, too, when he's real Clay. Clay's not okay. the injury is so, so somebody who creates for themselves other than and that, others. create for themselves and others. Which is a rarity. That's what I'm saying. Which is a rarity. Other than those two I just mentioned. You want to say, would you want to say Jimmy? Yes, I would say Jimmy. I would say that's playoff Jimmy, not regular season Jimmy. Well... So here's the thing, I'll though. I'll put Jimmy up there in that. No, no, he discussion. would be. No, I would, yeah. he would be in that discussion. But I don't think Jimmy and and, and J- so let me ask you this: Is, do you and, think and, it's and it, do you think it's it's, it's a it, do yeah, you think it's I a am. symptom of Miami is a team that their their core focus is a championship? So they say Jimmy tamper it down a little bit during the regular season, take some games, um, keep your body rested, get your body healed because we want you. Once that first round starts, yeah. for you to be able to go maximum all. But I would also make the argument with Ray's talking about. We talked off off air that that's a culture in Miami with the coaching too, the way they run their sets. And if you look at his sets and what Boston runs, they're totally different sets. Boston doesn't run, run sets exactly. They don't. Miami does though. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like that plays a part in it too. You know what I'm saying? Defensive. Why would you like? For instance, too. you talked about your all right. In terms of coaching, you talked about Jalen doing ISO and his his pad ain't the best, right? It's just mm-hmm. keep the buck. It is what it is. You wouldn't see him doing that in in Miami, right? Because they're running sets. Yeah, they're not running ISO plays like that. I mean, we had the same. I have the same issue with with even Jason Tatum, who I like a lot. Who I like actually have grown to like Jason Tatum more this the last couple seasons. But he settles because they do a lot of ISO. So. I will agree with you. He can improve as a passer. Yeah. I'm okay with it with the handle that he has based on his athleticism. Yeah. He knows how to get to the bucket, mm-hmm. and he's tough to stop when he does attack the rim. Um, it's just when he's doubled or when he finds himself up against multiple defenders, can he find an open man yeah. like you're saying. So that is a challenge for him, but I feel like his upside outweighs that minimal issue, at least in my opinion. Um, you like to swap straight up. If, if, if the Wizards are going to keep Brad, you like, we might as well pay somebody. Yeah. And if we're going to pay somebody, it should be. Um, that's what I'm saying. That's what that, that, right? that's, that's I guess that's actually a really good thought. Yeah, because uh, our, our, we put a poll out there on Twitter. It was wild. It was, really tight. Split. It was tight at first. Now, now oh. it's pulled away. 61% Jalen. Jalen, okay. 39% Bill. Oh, Say no. Okay. So basically, we keep Bill. 
Um, oh. It was split for a minute, though. Don't get it twisted. Okay. Um, I mean, Brad is a he's I like Brad. I mean, he's the fan favorite, exactly. <laughs> Even uh, you saw the, the tweet. Yeah, by Cam. like I was wondering why. I'm, yeah, Cam. I was wondering why Cam was so emphatic about it. That's all yeah. because I I don't I think it is a good discussion just based on the fact that Jalen has. Like you said, gotten better every season. Brad has also gotten yes, better. The last two it's just years, he's been, been injured, injured and stuff. Yeah, not, yeah. But and I think Brad could use a fresh start, honestly, as well. Brad and and Jalen could. I guess to the discussion for Will is like you know again he's twenty six, so certain okay. players, yeah. and and even to Jalen Jalen Brown's to an argument for Jalen Brown. If you looked at his dribble in year one, year two, you can make the argument it's way better than it yes, was. Yes, you know I, I, mean? I will give you that. So I'll, I'll give you that. My issue with Jalen Brown, and, and as a Jalen Brown supporter, I have the same issue that I felt like, to me, I feel like this season, even though he's averaged more this season, I think he was trying to prove a point rather than just hooping to win than anything. Um, I think that the narrative, and I think from the organization in Boston, the national media, maybe the local media too as well, is that to make him out to be this definite Robin. Like you're not, you're you're the second best, you're the second best player, and I feel like he's been trying to prove his point. Like, dude, I'm just as good as the the so-called lead dog, rather than just playing. He is. Like, you know what I mean? And I do. I, I agree. I think he is. But that, but there is a narrative though that they've been trying. I've said this before that people have been trying to pin these two against each other. And I don't think he's beefing with Jason Tatum. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that I feel like he, and I think you saw it in the series against Miami where he's forcing forcing a lot of junk, where he just should have just like give it, give, give him the ball off. That part makes sense to me, though. Mm. And the reason is because they didn't win the finals. And, of course, Boston is known as a winning bat- I mean, a winning sports town. Yeah. Fans were upset. Yeah. Criticism was fierce. And the news media was saying, let's trade Jalen and get KD in here. Yeah. And it's like, hold on, why me? Because he's the one who balled because the we're, Right. He was the one who he's balled like, hold the on. So, so, so that's why he sees himself, according to others, as inferior yes. to Tatum. He's like, hold up. Y'all not talking about trading Tatum for for KD, think, so y'all yeah. y'all think he's the best player on the team? Okay, yeah. all right, I'm gonna go out and prove that I'm the guy. You know, no 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 knock on Jason, but I'm right there, one A and one B. Yeah, they're cool. I think there is a. I I feel like because like, yeah, yeah. there's and also like if you keep hearing that you're the, you're the one that's you know oh we're putting you out there in the market, it would upset you exactly. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he played his real his game for real. This again, he averaged 26. Credit to him. But I feel like in the postseason, you didn't get the same Jalen Brown that you saw last season. But I, again, we, when we're talking about this this topic, I'm I know I've, I've heard saw a lot of tweets and whatnot about no, no, no. And I'm like, if we're talking about if you're going to trade like Brad for one on one somebody, if you're trying to tell me Brad is better than Jalen Brown, I'm not with that argument because I'm I'm a I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer that that Brad doesn't play defense, Jalen plays defense, and Jalen's gonna give you buckets too. You know what I'm saying? Jalen's gonna take the challenge to check playing your best, your best offensive weapon, and do a damn good job. You know what I'm saying? He ain't gonna stop somebody. If you're a dog on the offense like Katie or whatever, you ain't gonna stop him, but you're gonna definitely make him work. Um, yeah, and Jalen gonna, gonna make night. him work. You know what I'm saying? On the, on the flip side, you can't say the same thing about Bradley Bill every given night. You just can't. This is a change of culture, like you said. So now Ted is taking the steps to change the culture. And the roster, to me, is part of that. So it has nothing to do with Brad himself. Is mm-hmm. let's start over. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And that doesn't have to involve Jalen Brown. I mentioned that. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it could it, be. It could be a young team. I'm cool with that. They can somehow trade up to get Scoot. I'm cool with that as well. That's I think he'll be an exciting young guy to, to watch. But at this point, he's going second. He's he's he was with the Ignite last year. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. 
He's only six two, but that dude is. Scoot. He's like Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson. He played on oh in the G League. Yeah. Oh, he didn't. He didn't go into the. Mm-hmm. See, I'm not from. See, I, I need you. you see, I, I need folks. You brought that. up a, a, a interesting point, right? About yeah. uh, the direction that Ted Leonsis is going. I know we coming no, up go, on go, break. Go, 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 um, Michael Michael Winger. Did yeah, you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, talked yeah, we talked about, about last. Yeah. yeah. What you want to say? Which, I mean, I no, I, 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 I'm. Yeah, no, I'm just interested because you, if you, you know. It seems as if he wants to change the culture, potentially uh-huh. change the direction of the franchise with um, <clears throat> a guy who's a very strong talent evaluator from the draft perspective, right, uh-huh. with drafting guys. So if you have Brad um, and you have a guy who's used to rebuilding, right, uh-huh. do you start to take offers? You know, because Bradley Bill isn't your guy. Yeah. That's not the guy that you drafted. That's a guy who has been here a while and you ne- haven't necessarily reached the um, height of um, success that you thought you would have with him. This, so I was just these curious. These fans are crazy. Because, <laughs> no, no, I'm serious because you just made me think about it. When we kind of broached this subject before, people were saying, as long as Maxie's including the deal, we'll allow Brad to get traded to Philly. That's cool. Or we'll, we'll, we'll be okay with that. Yeah. As long as Maxie's included. But Jalen Brown's like, no. Nah. <laughs> So that's that's weird, but yeah, I think that again, I'm I'm for it, man. I'm for starting over, and and we already know that that Tommy's guy was Brad. He was gonna keep him no matter what, and he made the same mistake with Kuz, who was about to walk. But but too much, he invested too much in, into the you know. Yeah, I just don't one think two guys. Yeah, I, for the life of me, if you Michael Winger and you just coming in and you have to resign Kyle Kuzma, you have to resign Christoph Porzingis. Why? Why do that? See now, Miami may not even be interested in Brad no more. They're winning with the guys That's what I'm they saying, have. Bro. So, so his 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 value is steadily dropping. Joel, you want to keep him happy? You may have to send him to Philly. That's might that might be the best situation. Golden State may be interested because it sounds like they're getting ready to go in a different direction. There's now rumors floating around that Kirk could be replacing Popovich when he's done in San Antonio. So, uh, you better you better <laughs> strike what iron's hot, so to speak. Like I said, the best place for Bradley Bill to go is to New York. To the Knicks. You said, do the Knicks want him though? <clears throat> I think Brunson and him don't go together. If you ask me, but I mean that would be a great trade though. The one you proposed weeks ago, I, I've mentioned it several times. Uh, my man uh, Tony Snell R. J. Barrett. said, uh, "No, how does he make the the, uh, the Wizards better? He can barely dribble." You talking about uh, Jalen Brown? Yeah. See, I think I'm not going to say he can barely dribble because I think that his that, pack got better over the years. I'm going to lie. Yeah, it, it ain't the it, best, but yeah, he can create though. space to get his jump shot yeah, off. And, and like I said, he's athletic enough yeah. to where, regardless, he's going to get to where he wants to go in the floor. Will, you gonna My say bad, so. Will. No, you good. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead, Ray. No, I'm good. I'm going to read this one by uh, Gerard uh, Guido said uh, they both paid like superstars, but played like no stars. See, that's that's not fair. That's not fair, especially on a. Jalen Brown. He's on Facebook, our Facebook group. It's frustration uh, it, from it, people. Because, no, from, yeah. from, from Boston fans, I listen, you're emotional. You thought that, you know, your team was down mm. 0-3, came back 3-0. You had game seven at home in the Boston Garden. And, you know, <laughs> you thought that you would come back and win this game, win, win the series and make history. You're totally right. People yeah. mad at Paul Pierce for being there. For real? Yeah, he was like, "Don't let Paul Pierce come to any more Game Sevens," and he didn't even do anything. He just, wow. he just chunky now. That's all. <laughs> That's hilarious to me. Hey man, we can go to the next segment because we already over time. So we might all as right. well go right into it. You want to read it, Ray? Or you want me? To oh, read absolutely, it? I right, got cool. you. 
Uh, the NBA Finals between the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat start tomorrow at 8.30. Who do you have winning winning game one or winning the entire thing? The entire winning? series. Go right into wow. it. Wow. And why? I'm glad I'm not starting with this. Go ahead, Will. Okay. Um, to win the entire series. You start. No way. Just do game one. Then we just say. No, okay. that's a, a good point. Game one. Yeah. Game one, I think. Game one, I think it's going to take some. With Miami just winning. Um, Monday, and then having to fly out to Denver, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna. They haven't. They are. They haven't had a chance to adjust to the altitude and play mm-hmm. at the speed that um, Denver wants to play at. Even though, um, you know, what we've seen during the first game of the of Denver's playoff series, mm-hmm. each playoff series that Denver's been in, um, it hasn't been. I don't believe that it's been close. No, game okay, one. Game one with the Lakers was close. It wasn't close. It was close because of the comeback, but it wasn't. They were blowing them out for a minute, and they yeah. came back. Um, so, um, but I, one thing that people may underestimate is the level of fitness that Miami has their players in. If you know anyone who knows about that heat culture thing, real. Um, it's real, and their guys are extremely real, disciplined though. with their fitness. But I still think Denver wins. But Game one? Denver wins game one. Okay. But if you were to bet, I would take Miami – Plus the eight and a half. I would take that eight and a half up to ten and go from there. We need to have like a gambling segment for Will Team, bro. Real talk. I think that's a good idea. Hey, uh, you, you want to go or you want me to go? You can go ahead. All right. Uh, so I have game one. I got Denver. Um, I think that the challenge of just – I feel like Miami is – in terms of we're going to use the, you know, the Denver you know, altitude or whatnot um, and what Miami has – Done the last some odd weeks and just the struggle, even this the, the last series, right? To come to go all the way to seven and follow that up and having to go to Denver, that's a lot. Even with the, the heat culture, like everybody being in shape and how Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra is kind of, you know, cultivate that environment and like the conditioning with that team. Um, so I want like to me and also just the way Denver plays basketball too, like they run. Um, and they run sets, which the teams that Miami have, has played, there's, the sets have – they haven't had, had to defend sets like this, right? If you look at Boston, a bunch of ISO situations. You, you go with even – go to Milwaukee. Um, even yeah, the Knicks, a lot of ISO with even – with uh, Randall and um, – Brunson. Brunson, a lot of ISO. So this is, the t- this, is the only, this, is the mo- this is probably the most movement they're going to see offensively that they have to defend. The most movement on, on, off, on defense they're going to have to defend against. So – I feel like this situation is predicated for somebody like a Michael Porter Jr. to do well. Um, obviously, you know, Murray, because he's a knockdown shooter. And, you know, Djokovic, Djokovic is, uh, is a facilitator. Djokic, sorry. I said Djokic. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, right? Djokovic is a facilitator, too. So I just feel like this is going to be a tough one, especially with all the work this team had to do just to get to the, to the NBA Finals. Interesting narratives being put out there. First of all, you had the bubble um, – but Miami, any team that, can do it. Miami can do it, though. No, I'm just saying, the, 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 you had the, the bubble altercation between Kyle Lowry and Aaron Gordon where Kyle Lowry told him to come to his room. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot about and, that. And they, <laughs> apparently they were staying close to each other, but nothing happened. But yeah. still, you got that. You also got the push, the Jokic push on Marquis Morris where Jimmy Butler's ready to fight the whole team oh, yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that already creates a chip. Uh, I like Miami swag. I like the fact that Jimmy Butler offered – Coco Golf tickets to the finals back in freaking April. Mm. Like, that was dope. Like, he mm. said, we're going to the finals. They barely made the play-in, and this man 
told her, he said, look, if you can't make the playoffs because you playing in the French Open and all yeah. these other tournaments, I got you. Like, don't even trip. And she's like, bet. So he said it back then. Mm-hmm. Then they booked a flight from Boston to Denver. They never yep. booked a flight back home. They're like, we ain't going back home. We about to go get yeah, this dub, yeah, and then we yeah. going to the finals. That confidence is, is amazing. Now, so you're giving the heat. This has been an ongoing discussion all day. You're giving the heat the edge in terms of coaching and front office, right? I think Malone's a good coach too, though. I mean, so this is, this is so probably is, the best so, coach they've seen. I'm, so, talking, I'm uh, talking about Spolstra versus Malone. Oh, I mean, it's, it's Spolstra, okay, but so, it's, this is not like it's not by a wide margin like the other coaches. That's but, fine, that's but Spolstra's got the edge, right? Yeah, you yeah, agree yeah. with that? Yes. Okay, so now we look at the rosters. Denver has the best player in the league, arguably, that right now, too. right? Yeah. Um, Miami, they they have a star in Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like him and Jokic cancel each other out? No. no. Jokic no. is ahead, right? Yes. Okay. So right now we're about even between stars and coach because you got Miami with the coach and you got Denver with the star. Yeah. Now we look at the rest. Is Jamal Murray a star? Yes. 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 Okay. So does Miami have anybody? Is Bam now into that conversation not as no. a second star? Not in the playoffs. Not, in the, not, not the way Bam he's performed no. in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, cool. So – now we got advantage Denver. Caleb Martin versus uh, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, oh. Michael. That's that they're that deep. That's what I'm saying. Like, but you go, go ahead. No, nah, Michael Porter Jr. or, or I, Aaron Gordon. I would take my. Uh, I would say Michael Porter Jr. Over over. over uh, I would Caleb. take Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin. Okay. So see, that's what I'm saying. It's not as like a big of a gap in talent, and to me, that's still. But you need to go Aaron it, Gordon. Then you gotta keep going. You, huh? you okay? Stop. No, no, we can. We yeah. can, we can keep going if you want. Aaron Gordon to match whatever. Whoever. <laughs> Max Struess or something. Yeah, I'm Max like, Struess, yeah. yeah. Aaron Gordon. Then you got to go Aaron Gordon. Then yeah. you go KCP. Yeah, then you, I mean, then. I like KCP. I, I, yeah, KCP versus Gabe, Gabe Vincent. Uh, Dave, that, that's a wash. Okay. In, See, in, I'm in okay. And I'm okay. And I'm okay no, with I'm that. In the postseason. Even though KCP post- plays deep. That's what I'm saying. He's a good two way player, by the way. He's been balled. He balled in the Western Conference Finals. He did. That's what I'm saying. And even. Well, I'm not, I'm not Mike, I mean, we haven't mentioned Michael Porter Jr. That's what I'm saying. Well, well, I did, well we did, kind of, but. That's what I'm saying. It's just like the talent. I just feel like okay, the talent. And then you go to experience. Did he have the experience? Agreed. Um, and you go to culture. I think that he have that as well. Home court advantage. Did he have that as well? I feel like it's. it's Denver but Denver, lost, Denver, 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 Denver lost a single game in the postseason Denver. at home. They have the home court advantage. That doesn't matter to Miami, in my eyes. But you're saying, um, you're saying, you're saying, you're between these two but teams. But you say, uh, you say home court advantage. Has Miami lost a home, home game in the playoffs? Most definitely. Denver hasn't. So I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. That's just, I'm saying we're just doing it that way in terms of who has home court advantage. Off the, just, I'm saying just being like in terms of just the – In terms of record? Home. Yes. One team hasn't lost a postseason game in, at home. One team has. That's an excellent argument. I'm just saying, if I'm going into Denver, I'm not tripping. I'm just not. I mean, unless you're talking about the altitude. Yeah, but that's always there, the there was a, there was a joke on TV earlier. Like, who's going to be there? No, no, Russell no, no. Wilson and no, no, that's Sierra? Always, <laughs> that's always been an and issue. Manning. But that's always been an issue. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's always been an issue in that, in, that envi- in that area, right? Utah, the same way. Denver. That's always an issue, though. That is an advantage. Okay, well, that's what I'm so, saying. And big players will, tell, will say that. I'm just breaking down this whole matchup. That's all I'm no, saying. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, we can have a difference of opinion. Yeah. You, you took Caleb Martin. You took Aaron Gordon. Yeah, facts, Fine. I'm facts. taking a Miami home court advantage. No, facts. Um, you taking whatever, Denver. I don't know how you, how you do that, but you've been to Miami. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> you said we, we talk about all court. <laughs> I mean, you, you're right. You're right, though. They, 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 haven't, they haven't lost a game at home. That's a great reason why you should. I'm just saying, if you, if you look at both teams and you factor in everything, not just talent, coaching, all that stuff, culture, the Heat are right there with Denver. One is an AC, which is dope, and one is a one seed. Yeah, I think, dope, I think yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. So it's going to be old school at times, though, because they both play excellent defense. And um, Miami plays excellent defense. 
Denver's, Denver's played good playoff defense. I'll give them well, credit. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, what I'm in saying. The playoffs, yeah. I um, that, yeah. There were times where Denver turned it up. Like you said, when they made the switches, they, they switched Aaron Gordon to LeBron, things of that man, nature. That thing was terrible. That was and something else, man. It, 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 I mean, KCP, we know he's an excellent yeah, defender. Exactly. And Bruce Brown off the bench, too. Yeah. yeah. It's go- so it's going to be fun to watch that chess match in terms of defense. And now you go from. The Nuggets had this edge, you know. People disrespecting them. They, they beat it, they yeah. they beat the Lakers twice, but everybody, everybody was talking about, talking about the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. Now Miami is the one that's coming to edge because Facts. everybody's picking them to lose. Vegas is picking them yeah, to, to, yeah. to get smashed. So I want to I want to see how this plays out. When we know this from the NCAA tournament, right? It's basketball. Yeah. The hottest team typically wins. Facts. I will say it don't matter. Though. It don't matter if you're more talented. It don't matter if you're the higher seed. The hottest team typically comes out with that title and with the hottest guy. And you can't be mad. Who's the hottest team, though? Huh? Who's the hottest team? That's a good point. I think Miami is. They're the AC. They went to the play and they lost the first playing game and they've eliminated the Bucks, uh-huh. the Celtics, and the Knicks, bro. So, another argument. Okay, I'm right, right on, the flip, on the flip side. I ain't picked my winner yet. I had, to, flip de- side, I had to deflect for a while. I feel you. <laughs> Swept. They, did they sweep Minnesota? Did Denver sweep Minnesota? No. Oh, they lost one game. Yeah. Miss. Uh, 4-1. Four, 4-2 four, against Phoenix, Phoenix, which didn't have KD, CP. They were KD hurt. KD and Booker, right? If we're going to use the like having the Bucks. And the Bucks, have Giannis, every game. And Giannis didn't play every game either. Giannis got hurt in that game. He missed one and game. And Miami, Miami, or Julius Randle. I'm not saying. And they Jimmy Butler missed the game. You know what I'm saying? But Julius Randle. I'm just saying. We're going to use, like, I'm, we're, we're going to be in fair, right? I think Denver is just as hot as Miami. Miami is just cooler because they're the AC. Like, it's cooler because they're the AC. And I get it. But Denver is just as hot. Going into this, they just swept the Lakers easy. Denver didn't upset nobody though. They swept. I mean, say you talking about you talking about not talking about upsetting. You talking about who look? I'm talking no, about upsetting. no, 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 I'm no, about the no, hottest no, team. No, no, the hottest team. It's not about being upset. They're hot. Denver is hot regardless of being upset or anything. Okay. Denver's the favorite. I think the Heat is hot. Job. If you do your job, you can upset. If you do your job and knock everybody out and do it in a dominating fashion, are you still? Aren't you still hot? That's fair. Yeah. That they are a hot team, yeah, but. They've been off for what nine That's nine days? I get that. I get that too. Nine days. So are they still are hot. they still That's hot? So is there a difference between doing what you're supposed to do as a top seed versus sometimes a, a, a lower seed? being hot and knocking all people they weren't supposed to. They, sometimes the argument. See, that's the. All right, for instance, we'll use this in, in a LeBron state of mind, right? Let's do this. Do it this way. LeBron was deemed the chosen one, right? And and was and the pressure was to produce. Even with all that clout, to still have a, a, mag, a magnificent career, right? A lot of people falter in that, right? They don't, mm-hmm. they don't do it, right? It is what it is. We don't. So same thing with Denver. There's pressure on being the overall one seed. There was pressure. There's pressure on getting, getting by. You know, forget the first round. It doesn't matter. Forget the first round. You're going against KD, Booker. You're not. You, you handle that. You're going against LeBron. Everybody's talking about the Lakers. You sweep them. You sweep them. There's pressure with that. Just because you're the number one team, there's still pressure of being the number one team. Can we still look at, look at Milwaukee. You, prime example, Milwaukee. Overall one seed. There's pressure. They fall to the Miami. Um, you could say, like, yeah, they're the hot team. There but are, they, they there are degrees now. of pressure, I will admit. Yeah. Again, same thing. There are degrees of a level of play. Like, yeah. I just feel like Miami's the, hot, the hottest would, team in the playoffs. Would, and, and that's yeah. why they're, with, they're supposed but to be. But would you say there's pressure? Does Miami have pressure? But they're playing with house money. No, I would I, I would say Miami isn't playing under with any pressure. pressure. They're playing with house money, right? Well, no, 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 no. I, I, there no, is pressure, no, no. but you know what I mean, though, right? There's a little bit. There's no expectation. There's no okay. expectation. No, no, so, there's no expectation amongst the public, public but yes. there's within that building, there's plenty of 
pressure and yeah, expectation. Yes, to win a championship. But you, but you know what I'm saying though. But oh, to win a championship. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you get what I'm saying though. Like there's more. You go, from the public, you're right. So in terms of public eye, which does kind of penetrate a little bit, right? For certain, not everybody, for certain people and certain people. Because I can't like typically like me and Ray talk about. If you're the 16th seed, right? You're going against the one seed, right? Who has usually has who usually has the pressure? 16 one. The first, the number one, right? 16 goes in free, right? We, we make this discussion. We have this discussion all the time private. You know what I'm talking about, though. No, because in today's look, basketball, maybe. 16 seeds going, no one ain't going to win. I'm saying, For the most part. Bro, you know what I'm talking about, bro. In general. All right, in general. When you're the lower seed, or like in general. Yeah, because I, Sorry, I think. But general, no, no, no. One no, in so 16 ain't a good example. No, no. So, no, no, no I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. this. I'll say this. I'll say this. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you this as an example, right? You are the number one seed. You playing 16, right? Like, uh-huh. let's say you're. Let's. For, let's dream for a minute and say yeah. Georgetown is back on top. Yeah. Number one of all of number <laughs> okay. about of all sixty-eight teams, right? I gotta go. All right, they now they 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 are playing the team that uh played on Tuesday night, yeah. the lowest seed team. That team is all you gotta say coming. is say Davidson. The, okay, Davidson. Say Davidson. All right. Cause Jay, what's the name said this? Wait, go say Davidson. Okay, Davidson, right? So Georgetown doesn't get off to the fastest start. Right. Let's mm-hmm. say it's a tight game the first ten minutes of mm-hmm. the first half. You don't think that Georgetown feels extra pressure? So you comparing Georgetown to Miami right now? He said just being the favorite. Just being the favorite. Oh, so Denver has Denver, more pressure. Denver definitely should have more pressure than Miami. That's what I was saying anyway. No, I agree. No, 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 <laughs> no. No, I'm saying no, no. I'm saying to get their pressure. I'm to, no, I'm saying that to achieve. No, my argument. This wasn't the part of that argument. The part was to achieve where they were doing. They gone through. Oh, pressure. they had pressure. They okay. had pressure. Okay, That's respect. What I'm saying. Okay, so I'm asking you this, and now I promise you I'll yeah, make my pick because yeah. I already know. Um, <laughs> Miami went into Boston in Game Seven Tough. when they blew a 3-0 That's, lead. I agree. That's Name pressure. Name one game That's pressure. that Denver had that amount of pressure on them. None. They haven't. None. Thank I agree you. with that. Um, so with that being said, I'm taking Miami and six. Okay, right, that's fine. Yeah. Now Denver's the easy pick. Yeah. But Miami's the hottest team. Again, it's the it's the Kimball Walker theory, man. He he took a Connecticut team to the championship. They were clearly not the best team, but he was the hottest player. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was man. I think Jimmy Butler right now is the hottest player. Nobody saw this coming. And I mean, Joker's is the man, best Joker's player in the league had, right I had now. Joker had a game where he just gave like he's having a triple double dog, 20, in the playoffs, dog, bro. Like he's 20, he's a freaking he, beast. He had twenty boys in the Lakers in the first. But first I just half. feel like I just feel like <laughs> yeah, I, I know I just feel like at times um, the Heat they just have that 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 it factor that comes from their culture that says we can beat anybody. I would argue to say that Caleb 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 Martin may be the hottest player coming into the to the thing. If you look right. at that's it. cool with me. I, 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 I thought he was MVP. I would make the argument. I, mean, I thought he was the most. Yeah, I thought he was the most. I thought he was the most. I know Jimmy got him. Like Jimmy gives him confidence, but I would make the argument that Caleb Martin is like the hottest dude going into it. True. The Celtics weren't keying in on him but, because they were Jimmy, though. I mean, Jimmy the, was going up against Robert Williams. No, I agree. Martin, so. I totally agree. But here's yeah. the thing, and I don't know if Eric Spoelstra is going to do this. I'm trying. But if Kevin Love is healthy, he play. you would want to start Kevin Love and have him match up against, against Joker. Joker, Joker because, because you want Bam to be off able ball. to rotate off ball yeah. and double when needed. You don't want Bam to start out against him and get into early foul trouble. Yeah, I am very interested. To and see then, hold on, and then if, and, and if that's the scenario and Caleb Martin has to come off the bench, mm. will Caleb Martin continue to produce at that level? Oh, because he, he's a different role. Yeah. Um, I am really interested to see what he does, what Spoelstra does, like defensively, um, and even offensively. Because I think that if you put 
Love in the game. You play him. I do think you should play Love in this series. Um, because now, if you have Jokic, if you have uh, Jokic on Love, you space it out. Yep. And because Love is a good three point shooter, so now you're having a per- well, you have him on a perimeter. Well, you, not well, not necessarily, right? Because on on when Denver is on defense, you can have um, Aaron Gordon step out and well, yeah, you can have Aaron Gordon step out and. I would put Aaron Check Gordon. Love. I would see my thing. I would put Aaron Gordon on. What's his face? Jimmy. Yeah, I wouldn't put anybody else on Aaron Gordon but Jimmy, because they because everybody else would get booked. What about KCP? Start KCP out on him. You and could, then, but and I would, then I would, in the yeah, second you could, half, you could, as Jimmy legs get tired, tired. You put, put, put Aaron Gordon. Put I Aaron feel like Gordon you do have versatility. I keep forgetting about KCP. You have versatility on that. Um, but I've seen KCP check um, Butler in the bubble, ain't a really good look. But I do think Aaron Gordon does it better. I think Aaron Gordon because of his size can kind of. He won't get his, He won't get down low. He won't be able to muscle him down because Aaron Gordon's a stronger dude. Um, it's gonna be fun to watch. I, I initially said Denver's gonna be whoever comes out the East. I really, I really believe that. But I just feel like right now, first of all, I like going against the grain. I think it's dope. Yeah, it's dope. But man. Miami, you're not, you're not really I, I like what people. I like what Miami's doing. A lot, and, Miami's and, a sexy pick for a lot of people. It's fun. Sexy pick. Miami's, Miami's going to take game one. I think Denver wins game two. I do think that and then a, it goes back to Miami, and it's going to get interesting. I do think it's interesting. Like to me, Miami's won every game one. I think they won every game one in this postseason. Except for the uh, playing tournament. But you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, no, no. I know, I'm just you know, joking. The real one. Not, <laughs> I know. You know, I don't play. You know, I don't call. I don't play. I don't call. <laughs> I know. Hey, that's how they got in. They should have been in regardless, right? They were yeah. a, They were AC regardless, right? They were a real AC yeah, they initially. Were, they yeah. were a top eight team. Yeah. So, I don't, again, I don't it's care. It's all good. I, I don't care. I hate that. that, that, thing, that that's over with now. But <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff, fellas. And this just goes to show you, man, that the importance of having those playing games, right? Because now it's validated now. <laughs> I, no, I'm. Miami was in the playoffs already, <laughs> but they were already in. They just had to play some dumbass. They were seven seed for real. They were the seven seed for real. They just lost the game to be a freaking eight seed. Makes it a little bit more entertaining. I mean, you know this what? I, it's kind of good they lost that game because it's kind of yeah, it's good. The Hawks get the Celtics. Yeah, exactly. Right around, yeah, but it's, they beat the Bucks. Yeah, without well, hurt Giannis though. I hurt Giannis. Hey, they had players out too. Tyler Hero been out. I mean. Yeah, he's Victor Oladipo. He might come back. We can't compare him to Giannis, though. Victor Oladipo has been out. No, I'm just saying. We're talking about injuries. I agree with yeah, Giannis. Victor, I know. Vic, no, I'm Vic, talking about the – but we, there's levels Okay, there. Jimmy was out, too. Jimmy missed the game as well. the Knicks. It don't matter. Not Giannis. Missed, Giannis. Missed I'm, talking, I'm talking about the first round. But, but hold on, though. Come on now. You know the, you know the Bucks supporting cast. I don't like – No, not, this is Giannis. We're not talking – Because Will T made that point. No, I don't care about Will. He was – Champion. They have a championship. They had a championship roster. So talk you keep saying Giannis, Giannis, Giannis missed one game. Giannis, no, but Giannis missed right, right, it. But Giannis. No, we're talking about Chris MVP. Paul missed it. No, we're talking about Chris not, Paul missed that's it. That's old Chris Paul. No, we're not doing this. Giannis, we're talking about MVP. That's like, no. Giannis that's wasn't like, the MVP like, this year. No, MVP level Giannis. This is, 20, this is 28, 20. This is Giannis, bro. Like, this is. But this is the AFC Miami Heat, bro. No, no, listen to me. They were missing they Giannis. Injured. They had multiple players out. Look, look, they weren't missing Jimmy. <laughs> In that series. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy his flowers. No, no, I'm getting his flowers. Like, it's like, is so, that missing yeah, you? Yeah, you are. I am. Because he's like, real. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're a Because <laughs> he, he just knew. He was salivating that Jimmy. I knew. I was, I, I, I he he was ready. I knew he I was hated the whole time out there. Yeah. I hated, all I hated, that. I he I posted like some I question did, though. like, I did, though. should Jimmy be considered this if he, Yo, no, no, no. If get, he get chokes right. this away? No, no. Get, get, no, get, no. Poking the bear. Get it right. Exactly. I was like, why this man really don't like Jimmy? Oh, I don't like Jimmy, but still, though. I'm just saying. Cue the buck. Look, Joel Embiid is what at home what, what, what has Jimmy done no, to you? I, I, told, I just like real people. I just want you to be yourself when you was like Chicago, bro. What's that, sir? Who? 
I think Jimmy Butler's authentic, man. No, he not. Chicago, he wasn't doing all this trash. He wasn't doing any of this in Chicago. Well, he was, how do you know? How do you know? How do you oh, know? Sorry, sorry. Let me say this again. He wasn't doing this out, out in your face trash talking like he's doing now. I mean, was he? He well, wasn't. Well, well, so, I would say so, this. He so, predicted that they would beat the Heat with LeBron back then when he wasn't. All right, let me say this. I'm a, I told Ray this before. <laughs> you ain't going to convince him. I ain't going to try. Look, <laughs> who's Patrick Beverly? The same dude we've always seen from day one. The same, he had the same struggle, the same whatever. <laughs> Pat Beverly was the same dude. And he's been the same asshole now. Like, he's the same dude. He's consistent. Okay. I may not like Pat Beverly. That's one thing I, was, I will always say about Pat Bev. He's been consistent since day one. He's been the same What's dude wrong if one. you develop a dog? No, he ain't develop. No, no. Russell no, Westbrook was no. a quiet guy BU. at first. Man, Russell always had passion. He had passion. Passion. BU. Just be you. Russ was chill at first. No. Very you. chill. No, watch well, watch well, no, 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 no. I'll, no, no, no. I'll say the no. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. No, 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 Yeah, that's retaliation. So Jimmy, Jimmy Butler never, never, Jimmy Butler never starts it. He never starts it. Yeah, I know. But then, he is being him. He's the same dude. From all accounts. He's led his franchise. From all accounts, he is the same guy who works hard. I'm going to tell you, me and my dad, me and my dad used to argue and tell what we used to do. I agree. We agree to disagree. <laughs> I can't do no Nigerian voice. We no, no. Here's the thing, though. Is when, you're not taking your personal feelings out of it. That's no, I'm not being like, real. I I'm, can take my personal no, feelings this, no, out no, today. The reason why, no, this is the reason why I don't. That's the, this is my reason with Jimmy. You to ask me the reason why I don't mess with bang with Jimmy. This is because of this. This is the reason. I'm giving you my reason, right? And Jimmy wasn't, I didn't have an issue with Jimmy in Chicago. I didn't. But when I saw a change of, the change of attitude, I was like, I don't bunt with you. All right, last thing I'm going to say this is this. People learn over time. For example, oh, nice. you you and others criticized Jimmy for how he carried it in Minnesota. Now look at Cat saying, y'all think it's funny when Anthony Edwards is eating Popeyes and stuff. Now he's getting frustrated with younger players, right? Yep. This is what Jimmy was frustrated and with. And Wigan. Um, remember Kyrie? Ka- Ka- <laughs> remember Kyrie? Kyrie was giving LeBron a hard time. And then after the yeah. fact, he said, you know what? Now I'm with Tatum and these, and these wild dudes, these young boys. I see where you was coming from. You was trying to make me better. My bad. So Jimmy has evolved, I think. Yep. That's fair. As we all do. We all, <laughs> we we all evolve. We all talk. evolve. That's real talk. We all evolve. Evolution, man. baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to find this poll. Here we go. All right, so in terms of the prediction of the finals on Twitter. Oh, yeah, Denver. Clean sweep. 83% has Denver. Yeah, respect. 17% has the Heat. But I will say this. It'll be interesting to see if they – I feel like the Heat – Pressure. Must, I, do, I do think game one's a must win for the Heat, though. It's pleasure. I think it's must win for the Heat. Uh, you think it's must win? I think for them to win the well, series. Game one? Why, why, why would it be must win? For, when? Them, for, them, for them to win the series. Why would it be must win? Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. Why would it be must win if for game two you have another day to adjust to the altitude? You have we, – we know that Eric Spolstra is if, is if not the beast. best coach, one beast. of the best coaches – with making adjustments, so why would it have to be a game a, a must win? You're a gambler. Yeah, I'm about trends, baby. Game one, you win every game one. Lose when you mess the trend up. I'm a, I'm a, that's all. I'm about trends, especially when you got momentum, like Ray said. But, pattern, but, and you're but, the hottest team. That's but, a trend. but Boston had momentum. They were down 0-3, and they went back home, and they, they lost. lost the last game. Well, How see, many games that's where the home? mental piece comes Huh? In that series, how many games Boston losing? losing they lost three at home, right? Yeah, they were horrible before that. That's a trend <laughs> in that series. I'm all about trends. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Trends. If like you show me a trend in the postseason, I'm with you. Like I'll run with. Well, you. I mean, I think one thing is. But you're right, though. Spoken. Been proved, one thing's been proven: this Miami team is a trend buster. 
They, have they great, don't. That's right. They, had tr- they haven't bust that trend when, about winning game one. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. They haven't bust that trend yet, buddy. That's all I'm saying. They Every series, they won game one. They win, they, so, all that guy, it's going to be a fun series. It's no sweat off my back. I yep. wish it was the Wiz. To list, um, so, hey, that's my squad. To all our listeners, um, Wole will be at uh, a certain spot tomorrow, Jasper's. Yeah, I'll be at Jasper's tomorrow. He'll be at Jasper's. If, if you say, um, let's get into our tradition, the pregame, yeah. to Wole, he will buy you drinks. Oh, now, now this tomorrow. motherfucker lying like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. listeners, if you, if you, if you know who Wole, what Wole looks like, and you come up to him tomorrow and say, let's get into our tradition of pregame. Hey, one drink. We've had some heated Wole, discussions. And no, Wole will get you one out. drink. <laughs> you telling me you're going to buy some drinks with you? You're like, hey, that's a money. <laughs> Man, it's not about spending money. Hey, I'm Nigerian. As part of our HBCU Board <laughs> segment, we'll play our interview with SIAC Commissioner Dr. Anthony Holloman after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports saying. For ages. Yeti. Deuces. On Empire Media, that's AmpireMedia.com. Got young one, chopping that thing, baby. Swiss beats, full surface. Come on. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole and Ray, and we are part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. All right, folks, it's time for HBCU Corner. We have a treat for you. Right now, we have the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference Commissioner, Dr. Anthony Holloman. Hello, Dr. Dr. Holloman, and welcome to the Urban Sports Scene. Thank you all for having me. Yes, sir. All right, so Commissioner Holloman, usually... We like we act. We ask a fun question. We love okay. homecoming. It's one of our little themes here. So, which SIAC school has the best homecoming? The best homecoming out of the SIAC. Uh-huh. I'm gonna say Tuskegee University. Okay. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to be athletic director uh-huh. at Tuskegee, uh, as well as Fort Valley, and uh, Tuskegee. You know, their um, atmosphere and environment, I think, is second to none. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it'll be interesting because now they've redone their facility. They've Mm -hmm. upgraded their shed. um, And then they have a great band and, you know, great alumni. So I'm going to say that uh, Tuskegee has the uh, best homecoming. I like the answer because you, you weren't being PC with it. Usually folks are like, I understand. They're not trying to step on toes. They're like, I'm not sure which, you know, what institution to to, to, to to make, to call out for the best homecoming. But I'm glad you you picked one. I'm happy about that. Can I no, jump in? Can, go, ahead, go ahead, Dr. Holland. I'm sorry. You know, I, I think the interesting thing for me is that I've worked at nine HBCUs and seven mm. states. So I have great perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. You know, to have a great homecoming, you probably have to have great football. So, mm-hmm. you hold know, up hold up now. We get my school ain't got football. We, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Go ahead, though. You got it. Because I'm not. I'm not going to necessarily be biased in this one. But you got some experience, like you said. That's why I was going to jump in and ask you when you were a student who had the best homecoming back then, just HBCU in general. So um, as a student, I'd have to say South Carolina State. Mm. 
Mm. Oh, um, you know, I'm from South Carolina. Uh-huh. I played football at Johnson C. Smith. Uh-huh. And, you know, South Carolina State was always, you know, strong in the MEAC and uh, have a little a great tradition, but they have a great band as well. Uh-huh. The Marching 101, um, you know, was a sight to behold. And so they have a great homecoming when I was coming up. So, Dr. Holliman, what's your favorite sport? Sound like football. <laughs> it does. It does now. I know, right? <laughs> so, I will tell you that um, football is my favorite sport, but my favorite sport to watch is basketball. Mm, okay. You know, if I could play, then I I would be dangerous. I would like to be a basketball player because <laughs> I see you. And, you know, it's a confined environment. You know, when you play football, you got a helmet on and, you know, there's a lot of people on the field. So you can't really necessarily see who's doing what. Um, but I love to watch basketball and go to basketball games. Uh, but, you know, as a football student athlete, you know, I love football as well. One more so quick I, question. Go ahead, right? Go ahead, right? Well, so just to give you some background on this, we're located like the DC, Maryland area mm-hmm. and uh, Bowie state is pretty big around here. What's your thoughts about them? Is that, a, is that some school? You, so, rival? <laughs> you know, I have a Bowie state story that is uh, Ooh, okay. <laughs> triumph and tragedy. Uh, we played Bowie state uh, in 1989, uh, second game of the season um a competitive game and you know I thought I was playing well and um I end up getting hurt and having uh my shoulder separated uh. and had to go to uh Prince George's County um to the hospital uh-huh. so my <laughs> one of my uh, roommates was redshirting and so he went to the hospital with me in the ambulance uh, and he was just dying. He was just, just giving me the business. Cause you know, a dislocated shoulder is a, a painful thing uh, and he hadn't reset it. So you, you know, every bump I'm jumping and he's just uh, giving me the business. And so uh, once the uh, game was over, the team came to pick me up and I had to sit on the cooler and ride home six hours to Charlotte. So, you know, I'm like, I don't never want to go to Bowie State. (laughs) (laughs) On the cooler. I can't, that ride to Charlotte is, is, it's long, it's short, but long at the same time. I don't know why. (laughs) It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, having to sit on a cooler in the aisle because, you know, I couldn't, you know, get comfortable, you know, sitting in a seat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think I was, you know, playing really well. And then all of a sudden, so I missed four weeks of the season um, before I was able to get back. But now when I got back, I was balling. I think I had an interception <laughs> in five straight games. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And so – you know, my sophomore year, um, you know, was a up and down year because the injury put me out mm-hmm. uh, for a period of time. But, uh, you know, Bowie State was good. And, you know, they've gotten to be where they are 
you know, a power, um, not only in the CIAA, but Division II. And so they are a great representative of HBCU football. So, so coach, who was, I mean, say coach, but commission, it's like, who, um, who were some of like some of the dudes in terms of in, in HBCs or even your, in your conference back then that were like the guys so in football? Now, football in the uh, CIAA in the late nineties, late eighties, early nineties, man, you had Ben Colts who went on to a great career mm-hmm. with Patriots. Patriots, yeah, I remember. Robert Massey was a second round draft pick out of North Carolina Central. Yes, I think Pen became the highest paid mm-hmm. um, receiver in the NFL. He was a fourth round pick out mm-hmm. of um, Winston. You had um, a couple of guys that I played with, uh, Donnell Johnson and Joe Weinberg, um, you know, who made NFL rosters, Greg mm-hmm. Clifton as free agents. Um, you know, so you had great football being played in our league at that time. Um, and so it was amazing to kind of uh, be a part of what was going on. Um, you had Terrence Warren, Johnny Barnes from Hampton, um, you know, who were ballers, um, quarterback um, from Central, um, you know, was a great player um, at that time. Then you had uh, Steve McNair emerging from mm-hmm. the oh, SWAC. Rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so it was a it was a great time, um, you know, in black college football. You know, I think the difference now was that the options that young people have, because you didn't have the proliferation of the mid-major programs uh-huh. taking student athletes from HBCUs. So if you weren't at um, a Power Five type school, you were in the HBCU realm. Uh-huh. And so now you have, you know, the Georgia Southerns, the Appalachian states, um, who are not power five, but they still, you know, have significant resource advantages to some of our schools. And so, uh-huh. you know, they get the kids that are um that next level of athlete. Uh, no, that makes sense. I mean, I, Robert Massey, he played for the Detroit Detroit Lions, right? Am I correct about saying that? So he, New Orleans drafted him. Okay. I think Massey played for a couple of teams. Okay. So, like, we played those guys my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my freshman year, I ended up making a, a CIAA rookie team and black college freshman All-American. Oh, so I'm getting down to the last game and, you know, I'm a punt returner and I'm like, you know, no matter how they kick it, I'm not fair catching it. <laughs> so we play in Central and it's a real competitive game, great crowd. And so it's blowing rain. And so I make the bad decision of not calling fair catch. And so Massey's coming, you know, on my left, and I see him out of the corner of my eye, but I'm a, I'm a shaking. <laughs> I shook, and the ball shook the other way. <laughs> and so, of course, 
you know, I'm trying to find the ball. And so, you know, I fumble in their territory and they go on to score and they beat us 33-24. And so I'm walking off the field and my coach, rest in peace, Horace Small, was like, uh, it's contagious. Don't stand (laughs) near him. So he makes me stand on the sideline by myself. Mm-hmm. And all the other players walk down and, you know, of course you're embarrassed. Uh, but it ended up being like, um, you know, a really great freshman year, except awesome. for the one play that, you know, I just um, misjudged that I was actually um, having a guy bearing down on me that was actually an NFL player. Mm. He was a step faster than maybe somebody else. <laughs> the collision. <laughs> but, you know, th- those were the kinds of mm. experiences um, that we had. And so I'm, I'm leaving another guy that, of course, ended up being a uh, pro football Hall of Famer. We played Shannon Sharp in Savannah State. Ooh freshman year as well. Mm. And so Shannon um, was returning punts for Savannah State. Mm. And so I'm the gunner uh, Mm. going down on the punt team. And, you know, I was a defensive player, so the mentality is to mix it up. Mm -hmm. So I'm running, and so he's going out of bounds. You know, he, he... you know, it's easing up because, you know, he's not going to get hit. Uh-huh. Tackle him anyway. <laughs> and so I get a 15-yard penalty, so I'm running him back because I tackled him on his sideline. Yeah. I'm running back to my sideline. And so my my coach, uh, Jack Bush, he was a defensive coordinator. He said, you're 120 pounds soaking wet, but I like it. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, you know. I'm going to hit him. You know, I'm in the game. And so I was familiar with um, Shannon because his brother Sterling was in South Carolina. Yeah. You know, you knew who he was. And so Mm. I'm like, man, I'm going to get me a lick in. (laughs) (laughs) The head coach was looking at me like, boy, are you crazy? You know he was out of bounds. I didn't worry about it. You know? So – you know, I was the kind of um, player, um, I won't, won't say I like discipline, but I always thought that uh, football was a physical game. And even though I was on the smaller side, you know, I prided myself on being physical. And so, you know, I just played beyond the whistle. Commissioner, I can, I can already tell you, we, we would be best friends. I, I, I'm really enjoying this. We could be we could be best friends. I love your mentality. I'm not going to lie to you. I love your mentality. Yeah. And we could talk ball with you all day, but we, let's get into some actual SIAC okay. talk. All right, so you're relatively new as commissioner of the SIAC. Uh, you started in September of 2022. Uh, yep. what, ha- what, have you lear- what have you learned so far being the commissioner of the conference? That there's always opportunity, and so my job is to – advocate um, for the SIAC and our student athletes. And so, you know, my main focus has been to enhance the student athlete experience. And so we've tried to do that by modifying um, our football schedule initially. 
we eliminated divisional play. We've worked on a four-year composite. Uh, I want to create more competitive balance. I want to see all of my teams have a chance to win the conference championship. Mm -hmm. So you'll play four games at home, four away, and you'll play everybody in a rotating cycle. So you'll play in each stadium in a four-year career. Mm -hmm. For me, I believe that makes football in the SIAC better. Um, you know, you still have the powerhouses like Tuskegee, Albany State, uh, Miles, who have dominated play for the last 10 years. But I want everybody to play everybody so that we match the two best teams up um, yeah. at the end of the season. Awesome. Awesome. So what would you say is your long term goal for the, the conference? So long term goal is for us to be the number one division two conference in the country. Uh, irregardless uh, to league size. Uh, we want to generate revenues that we can have revenue sharing with, amongst our member institutions. We want to continue to have media rights deals and apparel deals that put us at the forefront of Division II. We want to compete for national championships and we want to have broad representation on national committees so that we can shape the governance structure um, for division two athletics. Mm. We are also in the space of emerging sports. We've added men's volleyball. Uh, and so we're going to be proactive in opportunities that we pursue that I give student athletes in the SIAC a great opportunity to be successful, and we want to prepare them for life after uh, sport. Man, you just gave the answer to my next question. That's why I put my <laughs> hands over my face. I'm like, wow. Because um, I had a quote from, from um, Reginald Ruffin from Tuskegee who basically said that's the goal, and he felt like you was the right person to lead the conference in that direction. So I was going to jump ahead. I mean, being that you just starting out, how long do you expect for it to take your vision to come to fruition? You know, we're on a relatively short cycle, and I'd say um, 24 to 36 months. Oh, wow. Uh, because you want to, you know, get your revenue up so that you can implement some of these ideas. But I've had an advantage coming into this position because I was the chair of the ADs council prior to being named commissioner. So I had some idea of what we were up against, what the opportunities and strengths were um, and our vulnerabilities. And so what I jumped in and addressed was things that we could do immediately. Um, you know, I challenged my colleagues um, to be the best they can. I'm challenging them to be engaged. And those that I know who have the capacity to lead, I'm pushing them uh, to take ownership of what we're doing. And so Coach Ruffin um, is one of those people. I've known uh, Reginald since I was AD at Tuskegee. He was a defensive coordinator. And so we had... Uh, Lots of conversations 10, 15 years ago about what we saw for ourselves in the future. And so Ruffin was always um, a leader. So even as defensive coordinator, he was responsible for travel and uh, scheduling for uh, Tuskegee. And he took that 
um, same initiative to Miles and made them a perennial championship contender. And so he's going back to Tuskegee and they've, you know, won the women's basketball championship. They played for football. Uh, they played for softball. Uh, they played for tennis. So, you know, he has them at the forefront. Um, and they are a flagship institution for the SIAC. So I've heard your love for football throughout this entire interview so far. And I want to talk a little bit about basketball because you, your alma mater, of course, you got some CIAA experience. And you right. already know the tradition of the CIAA tournament is, is big. I know moving into Baltimore, one of the big, uh, <laughs> was it one of the, the, the most favorite things for some people. Anyway, I'm not talking about them. We're going to talk about y'all. Right. How do you get your tournament, your basketball tournament, to that level where people from all over the country want to come see your, your, your schools and institutions play? So that's one of the things that, you know, we are evaluating and working on how uh, we build our brand and our basketball term. But I think more than um, not, you have to create an atmosphere uh, where you get buy-in from individuals from all of your member institutions. And so we're looking at creating host committees um, in the cities that we're looking at um, making our home. Uh, we're trying to make sure that we put out RFPs that um, make sure people know what we need. You know, when you come to a, a city, uh, we want investment in the city. We want them to work with us with the convention and tourism bureaus, the sports council, so that we can make it easy for people to come by capping uh, the price for hotels, uh, making sure they make uh, all of their city uh, facilities available so that we can have career fairs, uh, job fairs uh, for our graduates, uh, and entertainment that um, is attractive to people. And so I think the basketball piece uh, will take care of itself, but I think you have to have the ancillary events that are attractive, uh, that are thoughtful. I think you have to make it uh, inviting uh, where people come to town, they are comfortable um, with how their money is gonna be spent and how it's gonna be reinvested into our leagues and our communities. So, so Commissioner, what would you say would be the biggest obstacle for you to achieve your, to achieve your mission or your, your vision? Um, you know, I think the biggest obstacle um, is you have the stability or lack of stability of your institutions. Mm -hmm. You know, we are at a, a critical inflection point where our institutions and HBCUs um, are very popular, but then you also have to look at the decrease in student enrollment for uh, all colleges. And so you have to have strong, stable institutions that can invest uh, the dollars that it takes to create competitive programs. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not uh, funding your programs, then the product is not going to be where we want it to be at. And so that could be one impediment. Um, 
to what we're trying to do. But, you know, my goal is to help uh, by generating resources that can be um, shared to our member institutions. And so that's my job. You know, I came to the SIAC um, having served at vice, as vice president for advancement at Fort Valley State, South Carolina State, Jackson State, and uh, Wildland still. Mm. So I have a background in resource development. And so I'm trying to bring a business acumen um, to all that we do. Um, and then I'm highly motivated to see us uh, be the best. You know, the beauty of it is working with uh, Jackie McWilliams, Charles McClellan, and Sonia Stills. Mm. Um, you know, we have a great partnership where we are trying to advance the collective vision of the four power. But at the same time, we are also um, advocating for our member institutions. And so my job is to put the the value proposition of the SIAC institutions at the forefront. Love it. See, commission, see, commission it's like I gave you my script or something because you just asked, like you just answered uh, my other question. Right <laughs> <laughs> He's answered another question, but I guess I can tailor it a different way then. Um, you mentioned working with the other HBCU commissioners. Like Ray and I, we all we always believe that you know if everybody worked together, I think the goal could be achieved much faster. Like I think right. Ray and I, we totally agree, agree with that pro that thought process, but. We, in terms of say, I'll use basketball as an example. You know, you see it. You know, at the Power Five, they have these conferences where it's like the Big Ten tournament or Big Ten Biggies Big tournament or like right. some type of thing. Yeah. Like, can you envision, you know, yourself working with some of these HBCU commissioners, these other HBCU commissioners, to have develop something like that? So, you know, we are having ongoing discussions. I was on with Commissioner Mac Williams at ten thirty this morning. Mm -hmm. We are laying out the blueprint for uh, CIAA and SIAC mm. partnerships in multiple sports. Yeah. Because the one of the things that we understand that we strengthen each other by creating a competitive balance. So Great. as opposed to playing some of the other Division II conferences, mm -hmm. uh, we play each other then we're ensured to have uh, strength of schedule um, and those kinds of metrics that uh, the regional ranking committees, um, you know, subscribe to. And then we have the value of traditional rivalries um, where we have fan bases that will support us uh, because the SIAC is led division two in football attendance 16 mm. consecutive years. So we know that, you know, Jackie CIAA has strength in basketball. We have strength in football. And so we want to uh, leverage that because I think they are uh, sponsors and media rights partners that are interested in uh, those contests. So we're going to try to make deals that make sense working with each other uh, because I'm rooting for them um, as long as I'm not playing them. <laughs> you know, when when we play them, um, again, you know, we're mm. rooting for success 
And, you know, I'm hoping that my institutions uh, come out on top. But, you know, I see that as something that uh, is long overdue. Mm. Um, And the beauty of it, we're trying to replicate the success they're having with the SWAC MEAC Challenge, the Celebration Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know, we had the Pioneer Bowl, but we're looking at bringing it back in, you know, maybe, you know, a different format. But those discussions are ongoing. I think one of the things that is um, really positive, um, we have partnerships with the NFL, the NBA, PA, um, that are also working with us, supporting us, um, and creating platforms. You know, you have the NFL Hall of Fame game that will be played Labor Day weekend. Morehouse will be playing Virginia Union. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's a, a iteration. And so now if we can find commonality where multiple SIAC and CIAA schools will play um, basketball. I think that will happen soon. I think. Oh, did we lose him? <laughs> yeah, it looks like we lost him. Oh, he was. Oh, we gotta get him back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I can jump back on. It's all good. This happens, people. No, it's cool. It's I can always get this technology. part. The, the I know goes, the show goes on. My man, it does. Hey, man. So he, he's been amazing so far. We got. He's gonna come back. He's gonna come back. I know he is. Look out for him. Look, Look out. out for him. But yeah, that was amazing. I'm gonna cut. We can cut. We can cut. I mean, it's not a problem. I can cut. Okay. I could, I'll just do a jump cut or something. I'll say we lost them. Let me see. Tell my yeah, hold on. We, we, I can cut this. Don't worry about it. I ain't worried about it. Man, he was dope. Oh, he's back. Okay. He's back. <laughs> Gotta get that, that internet fixed. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I got, I'm back. Yeah, I got you. Like, let's see. <laughs> Uh, let's see. There we go. There we go. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um. But you know, I, I think there's a ton of synergy, um, for those matchups, and you know, we are going to uh, do us in the best interests of the Power Four. Um. And, you know, it's amazing that you have, you know, Charles McClellan now as the chair of the Men's NCAA Basketball Committee, mm-hmm. a first time for um, Commissioner AD from an HBCU league. Um, you know, Jackie McWilliams has uh, been Commissioner the CIAA almost 11 years. And so Sonia and myself are kind of the uh, new kids on the block. And mm-hmm. Sonia's been at the uh, MEAC 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not beyond asking questions and guidance and getting feedback, um, you know, so that, you know, I can make good decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like your answer and what you said, it brings so much hope. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm I know our listeners will enjoy that because I I think the whole thing about just getting everybody to work together, like could make everything can like we can achieve so much if everybody works together. 
You know what I mean? And I just, just, just by hearing that you're working with the other HBCU commissioners, I think it's just, it's amazing. Especially you, you just saying like you spoke to somebody that you spoke to one this morning. Um, I now, think that's great. You know, that that's the one thing that, you know, has been great for me in my um, short tenure. Mm -hmm. Like I was very fortunate. I took the job August 1st. My first day was September 1st. But in late August, I traveled with Sonia Charles mm -hmm. and Jim uh, to the NFL headquarters on the West Coast. Mm -hmm got the indoctrination of um, being able to be in their presence with meetings with Troy Vincent, Art McAfee. Um, and so it gave me a, a good appreciation for what we were doing, the opportunities that were available to us. And so it was amazing. We did a segment with Steve uh, Weich, um, yeah, mm -hmm. yep. NFL Network. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had this round table and I think I had uh, two questions that I answered in the 30 minute segment mm -hmm. and he did the replay, like both questions that I answered were things that they showed. I was like, wow, <laughs> you great editing. Because <laughs> if they put on the whole interview, I was much more of a spectator than a mm. but it was just me trying to uh, understand, you know, exactly what we were doing um, and the lay of the land. And so, you know, over these last nine, 10 months, um, you know, I've gotten a good grasp on, you know, what the landscape is and the NCAA, how our institutions are impacted positively and what I can do to be effective in my role. Well, um, commission in terms of, you know, obviously there's, but so many, you know, uh, commissioner seats and all of, you know, co college sports. Um, how is it, how to you, what does, what does it mean to you to be a HBCU commissioner? What does that mean to you? So, you know, being a graduate of Johnson C. Smith, um, my kids are graduates of uh, Tuskegee, Jackson State, Alabama, A&M, and Stillman mm. College. Uh, yeah. We are um, committed to the success of our institutions. Um, HBCUs um, produce 20% of the uh, African-Americans with a bachelor's degree while enrolling 3% of our institutions. And so sports is the front door um, to our um, access to mainstream. And so to have this opportunity and this responsibility, um, I don't take it lightly. Um, you know, I always thought that I would be a HBCU president. Mm. So my career took me uh, through multiple turns and iterations. I, you know, was vice president for advancement um, since 2010. Uh, I was athletic director at Tuskegee in 2009. 
And then at Fort Valley, I had the opportunity to do both jobs for four years. And um, my dissertation was the perceptions of effective leadership by current and former presidents of HBCUs. And so I've studied our institutions and leaders. And so I have the uh, awesome responsibility of leading uh, in a form that I didn't see coming, but there isn't any job that I would rather have than being the commissioner of the SIAC. And uh, I'm going to uh, work hard to elevate our lead to preeminence. Mm. Well, thank you, Dr. Holloman. Before, um, before we let you go, is there anything you would like to add? Because this, this has been great. I, honestly, this has been one of our better interviews. We've kind of enjoyed this. Well, I just want to commend you guys for uh, being in this space because we cannot have enough people telling our story, mm -hmm. advocating for our institutions, um, because the reality of it is we do have a place uh, in the fabric of the NCAA. Um, you know, we've been, you know, fortunate that we've had institutions that have produced all-time greats in all of our sports. And to be um, recognized and celebrated, you know, I, I thank you. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Ray, you I, that, I've, I've, and, been, I've been keeping my promises to folks I interview. When I say I'm going to travel, I'm going to travel. My, my family's from South Carolina, Emmons, South Carolina, you know, so okay. you got to bring me back. And <laughs> I promise I'm going to come back. And I've been hearing since high school that Benedict got the best food. I don't know if that's true. But. Well, hey, Benedict and their president, Dr. Artis, athletic director, Willie Washington, and coach Chennis Barry, um, they got it going on. Mm -hmm. um, it was 7 and 0 this past year, number one seed. Uh, mm -hmm. in the southern region and uh you let me know and i'll make sure that <laughs> i'm in columbia the weekend you show up in columbia and we'll mm -hmm. have it all out. let's go hey yeah well thank you so and, much and let me say this if i could yeah sure go for it uh, please join us on july 12th for football media day in the siac as well as the SIC Hall of Fame induction ceremony. It will be held at the College Football Hall of Fame. Hmm. And that uh, will be the first Hall of Fame induction since 2014. So that was one of the things that I committed to do uh, when I took this position, uh, that we're going to celebrate those SIAC legends and we're going to do it on an annual basis. And so we have uh, organized this celebration in conjunction with our football media day. And so we will um, list the uh, inductees, uh, release the names uh, later this week. So stay tuned. And will this be on the website? We're going to be looking for information. It'll be on the website and there'll be a press release. The release um, with the dates has already gone out. Uh, but we wanted to hold the names of the inductees to have a um, 
singular press release about the Hall of Fame. All right, folks, you look out for it. Look out. Well, well let's do it, man. We 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 gotta get back on the road. It's oh, you already know, man. Another road trip. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Sounds like open invitation. Um, you know, look forward to um seeing you guys in person. So just let me know. Oh, we definitely will. Sure. Definitely. Sounds like a plan, right? Definitely sounds All like, right, like we a plan. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for being on HBCU Corner. We definitely appreciate it.